Hey there. Hey. How's it going, man? I'm doing excellent. How about you? Thank doing you good, me. thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for being on. Uh, and where are you coming from today? Where, where are we speaking from? I'm in Bodrum, Turkey. Wow. What's going on there? Um, I'm originally from Germany. I lived in Los Angeles for eight years. And after I sold my business there, my wife wanted to move back to Germany to be close to the family, but I could not go back to German weather conditions. So we ended up here, which is close to Germany and warm. So, yeah. Very nice. And so is, what's the weather currently? What's the weather like where you are? It's hot. It's like AC is blasting. So it's, yeah. I think that's, yeah, the, the, the whole world seems to be heating up. We just had, I'm in Chicago and normally around this time, it's like in the seventies. Uh, we do, we do Fahrenheit here. I think you guys do Celsius. So that may not make sense to you, but it's, it's well, pleasant. I, 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 I lived in LA for eight years. So I can, okay. I can. So you, yeah. So, but it's been, it was 98 degrees yesterday. Um, not the boy band 98 degrees, but the actual temperature, uh, it was ridiculously hot and miserable. Like we couldn't even really, you stepped outside and it felt like an armpit. So, Hey, global warming's real people. Um, anyway, so yeah, let's get into it. Uh, I, I love your background entrepreneur. I like some of your posts. I like some of your recommendations for readings, particularly I read traction. That was a great book, tiny habits. Great book. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you here, what you're doing and, and what your path moving forward is to help change the world. All right. So, um, yeah, my name is David Hensel. I'm an entrepreneur. I've always been an entrepreneur. I dropped out of school at a very young age and just kind of found entrepreneurship is, is my thing. I currently, I have a portfolio of businesses, 10, 10 of them. And um, a few outsourcing related businesses, business process outsourcing, task drive, we do lead research, LT plus we do live chat. But um, so I'm passionate about having lots of employees. I read this book called um, Conscious Capitalism, which I can highly recommend. The idea is that um, the old way of doing business is you have to increase shareholders' value. The conscious way is you do good by all stakeholders, not just the shareholders, you know, suppliers, customers, employees, etc., the planet, everything. And if you do this, then a business is the best vehicle to have a positive impact in the world. So I read this book after I had my exit, kind of was like searching for, for meaning. Yeah. And this really resonated with me. So this is one side of the business or the businesses. Well, so and let's the pause ones, there for a second. You. Let's pause there before you go to the next, because I think this is... Um... I really, you know, this, this conscious aspect, I think is starting to take hold more. It needs to take hold even stronger. We were just talking about how hot the planet is, you know, um, you know, being socially, economically, you know, uh, I guess environmentally conscious in, in, in what you're doing and not just out to, like you said, the Benjamins. boost your, right. Boost your share price at any cost, which is really kind of how it's worked for many, many years and, and why we've ended up where we are. I think there's a very skewed view right now of the whole world in terms of what the focus is from an early age, which is I'm going to go out and make as much money as I can and dominate the world. And people thinking that that's <laughs> what's going to make them happy. It sounds like you and I have, what's that? For that sure. Germans. Brings you fulfillment. Yep. Yep. And, and right. Somebody that sold my business sounds like you similar situation where we both realized that that's, 
you know, no money, money, uh, is, is a part of the equation, but depending on how you look at it and how, if you make it the center of your universe versus a means to an end, you're in trouble. And so, yeah, I love, I love that you're doing. So can you give examples of some, some businesses that you feel are nailing this, this aspect? I mean, the idea is, I mean, there's like lots of businesses that, you know, for example, like a for purpose business, like Tom shoes, for example, mm -hmm. overdid it a little bit, I guess, to some degree, um, giving away too many shoes, but yeah, I guess having a business like this does, does, you know, for purpose businesses do great things, but also if you just like treat the people that work for you really well, you give them a great place to work, you pay them a fair, fair, fair amount of money, you have a good culture in the business and you, um, yeah, just build this great culture and values inside of the business. I think this is also one way of making the world a better place because people yeah, become aware of this and become conscious and this will have this ripple effect, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And so how are you incorporating that into the businesses that you're doing now? I'm very, um, very, uh, mission driven in all of the businesses and to, to stand out that do this the most. So, I have managing happiness, so we're kind of aligned on the, on the happiness front, right? And helping people to find happiness. Managing happiness helps people to figure out their personal mission, vision, and core values, and their habits that they need to actually get the stuff that they, they, they set out, you know, um, to do. And so my, my personal mission in, on a professional level is to be a change agent who's transforming, a, transforming the lives of individuals and organizations so they can reach their full potential. This I found this makes me the happiest, right? And um, I was doing these group cohorts with Managing Happiness and I couldn't find the software that was making it easy for me. So I started building a software, which is now UpCoach, um, upcoach.com. Um, and so I'm very passionate about these two businesses particularly because with UpCoach, I can empower thousands of coaches to help millions of people to thrive. You know, so I guess like that's the leverage with, with that. Yep. Uh, and so, you know, just going back to your mission of, of, you know, helping people reach their full potential slash become their happiest and best selves. Like what, what is your definition of happiness? I'm always curious to hear because there's, you know, there, there really is no universal um, definition, which I think, we should get closer to. I think that would help people understand from an early age, you know, what it is you're actually trying to accomplish and work. And, and you know, it means something slightly different for everybody. But so, yeah, what does it mean for you? And how for are me, you it, mean, it means kind of like figuring out what you really want. You know, not what society told, tells you. You know, kind of as you said in the beginning, just like running after money. Um, uh, so once you really understand what you really want, and then working towards this, you know, and growing and expanding um, in in all areas of your life. I think if if, you know, if a tree is not growing anymore, it's dying. If a business is not growing anymore, it's dying. If a uh, relationship's not growing anymore, it becomes stale and also fades, fades away. Yeah. Same, same with, we, with, with you. We always want to grow and expand. It's kind of like, you know, the universe expands and we also want to expand. So I guess, yeah, this, this growth yeah. aspect, I think, is, is a cru crucial thing. And then, of course, doing this with people that you enjoy hanging out with, you know, kind of having fun doing this in in german language uh we, we use the word job from from the english language but job we only use for like if you work at the pizza joint to pay your 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 um for school or whatever but um the actual work i guess the vocation maybe the english word in german is beruf which is coming from the word berufung which means calling kind of finding your calling finding what why you did you feel like i'm here to yeah 
I'm meant to do that, right? And then you'd never work a minute in your In life America, they say, that. sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, but your purpose, you're finding your why. Yeah, there's lots of different ways to say it. But yes, every culture has the same, which to me shows that that's a universal, like something ingrained in us that we have to express because every culture has a different term for it. But we're all, every culture seems to be on the same page that you need to figure out what that is and express it, right? And keep growing in it. And, and that. And then, of course, like less of less of hierarchy of, of need. Like first, you gotta like make sure you have food, shelter, and block, and these type of things, these basics. And then, you know, at some point, you come to self-actualization. I think this is where where this mission purpose thing comes in. You know, um, and a lot of entrepreneurs like once they sold their business and they have money in the bank, then they like, you know, turn to like, okay, now I want to do something that actually is like, you know, in the self-actualization realm. And people you work with, how do you help them to get to that? place of helping them find what their what was the word you used in german for their purpose their i guess vocation is probably like a good word in, in english it's called the sure, wolf, okay you know, like yeah the, i like that uh their wolf wolf no beruf <laughs> bewolf okay bewolf. so how do you how, how do you get them how do you help them to find their bewolf bewolf <laughs> So I guess uh, one really powerful thing is the funeral exercise. I had this a few years ago. Um, my, my wife went through breast cancer and knock on wood, she's doing great today. But this was like a big wake up moment for me where, where I saw like, I thought of myself laying in my deathbed, looking back at my life, thinking, did yeah. I really do what I was supposed to do? Did I have the impact that I want to have? And this like became really clear to me that the current business that I had back then was not in line with what I want to do. And so I, you know, this was like reason, one reason why we decided to sell the business so I can do stuff that is more in line with my beruf or my calling or my vocation or however you want to call it. Hey, I, that's funny you bring that up. I mean, we talk about that a lot on the show. That's, that's a strategy that I use. I, I used to call it the funeral exercise. I now call it the back to the future exercise because I'm an 80s kid. I love Steven Spielberg and it's a little bit less morbid. Um, so I kind of say, okay, flash forward to your, to, to the end. And like you said, you kind of, you're being eulogized or lying on your deathbed, what it is that, that you really want said about you. And that just forces you to get rid of all the bullshit and all of the stuff that is these miswantings that you're, you're, you're ex experiencing and thinking like, if I do this and if I act like this and if I chase this, it's going to make me happy. But if you go to the end of your life, you realize like none of that shit's going to matter. Like, what does it matter if you have a million dollars, $10,000, a million or a billion when you die, yep, right? Uh, you can't take it with you. So it kind of forces you to say, okay, but I, yeah, I want good relationships. I want a lot of people at my funeral that say really nice things. And what are the things you want them to say? And then you come back, back, back to the past, back to the future to say, okay, what does my life look like? You put a big magnifying glass on your life and you say, okay, what's it, what does it look like now? And am I on track to get to that point to where I want to be? And if not, I, I look at it in everything in terms of habits. seems like you've read some habits books as well, that we are our habits, our habits are us. And so for me, it's all about taking those, what I call failure habits and replacing them with success habits right and so it's it's about just kind of one by one very slowly and methodically tiny habits i saw that book you read you can't do it all at once or you're gonna get overwhelmed and you're gonna give up Perhaps. but once they get the cool thing about habits is they don't care if they're good or bad helping or hurting you right once they once you've got them they're on autopilot and they'll compound into doing their thing over time and 
forming the person that you are. So the key is to be able to get through, and this is what's so hard for people, right? Is to get over that front loaded hump of replacing those habits that are killing them and, and causing that negative momentum. Yeah, I'm a total habit snart. I, you know, I don't know if this, can, can you, can you see my screen when I hold it like this? Is yeah. It's really legible. So after uh, kind of, but what, yeah, what, what are we looking at here? We'll have this North Star document. This is what people create in the Magic Happiness course, configuring out your core values and figuring out um, the vision and the mission for the role as for, for yourself, mind, body, and spirit, and the goals that you have in this regard. Then for you as the professional vision, mission, and then for you as the family man, mission and vision. Um, and yeah, and then we also have a, a habit tracker in here. Because you, I believe habits determine everything in our lives. If you're rich or poor, happy or unhappy, fat or fit, it all boils down to which habits do we really cultivate. And uh, one one tip tip on habits that helps me tremendously because we always I always fall off my habits. You know, uh, I have two things that tremendously help me to get back on the horse fast and to also notice when this is about to happen. So one is my inbox zero habit. So basically, at the end of the day, I want to have like all emails archived in my inbox. And if I'm not doing this for over a week, it's like the canary in the coal mine. It's like it tells me that, okay, you've, um, you've been overworked. You have too much on your plate. Because if I do this too long, then my good habits will fall away. I will not work out in the morning because I'm too stressed. You know, and this and this. So piece by piece, I'm, I'm falling apart, basically. And this, I, I realized that this is like the thing that helps me to um, early warning sign that, you know, something's not right. Right. Second thing is my, my, my reset routine. Once I actually fall off the wagon, I have like a reset routine, which is like consists of a few like self-care things, you know, things that help me to get better. Like, you know, it's like kind of getting a massage, like whatever, going on a run, um, you know, buying myself a gadget, whatever. And once I do this, I tell myself, okay, from tomorrow on you're on good behavior again, because like doing these habits is not really a hard thing. Like packing a bag and going to the gym is not hard. It's just like this mental hurdle that you want to come over, over, over overcome. And if you do the self-care routine, at least for me, it helps me to, you know, it's, it's much easier to do this. And the last thing I want to share with you on, on, on this regard is I have an error log. So every time when something doesn't work, every time when I mess up on something, I have this error log, I write down what did not work. And then I contemplate on what can I, how can I get out of the state or what can I mm. do to make sure this never happens again, right? And I have this in all of my businesses and I have this, you know, for myself. And so we're like a self-healing machine. We always kind of like get better and, and figure, figure these things out, you know, so. I love that. Yeah. I mean, and that's, um, that's comparable to, right. I, I always, I like to use the word, uh, failure is mandatory, fail forward, you know, um, first attempt people, at learning FAI. Right. Yep. Right. There's so many, it's amazing to me. That, that, that word still has a, such a negative stigma. And again, it goes back to society and culture. I'm US, you're, you know, you're, you're in a completely different part of the world. Yet, I think it proves that it's kind of a universal, again, one of these universal principles of, um, I think it's fear, you know, the fact that fear will start to creep in and you don't, and because of the way that we're raised where, you know, you're judged at every stage, your grades, you know, hey, are you Z an athlete? Hey, do you need to do better? Versus, you know, I'm sure you're, you're familiar, at least if not read the book called Mindset by Carol Dweck. That's a recommend for you. Um, basically, her whole thing is, if you want to get people in the mindset of failing forward, this stuff we're just talking about, 
from an early age and I have small kids, so this is what I'm doing. It's all about trying. Like don't even use the word good and bad and you won, you lost. Like that, that's what, you know, what kids hear all the time. And then what ends up happening is they start to put themselves in a box as they get older and they say, well, I'm good at this and I'm not good at this. So I need to stay away from that. And then if you think you're good at something and you don't do well, you fail, then you're a failure and you're bad and you get upset. And then that just compounds. And then you get, you know, so versus, Hey, you haven't done it yet. Great trying. Oh, you did. You, you know what? That was really great trying. And next time you're going to get it. And you know, you didn't, you, you didn't nail it on this one, but on the, if you keep trying, you're going to, and we just, we beat that into our kids' heads, beat it, beat it, beat it. And sure enough, I mean, I got a six and a three-year-old and a zero, zero, two-week-year-old. Um, and Congrats. you know, the six things, so the six-year-old in particular now, I mean, he's, he just to listen to his vocabulary is really cool because he's constantly saying, Hey dad, you know, I, I tried really hard today. He's like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get, I didn't accomplish my goal, but I know next time I'm going to be able to. And just hearing him say stuff like that. That's it's the right like, mindset, yeah. Dude, like, right. That's everything because he's, he's now, and at dinner we say um, we have our peaks and valleys. So I say, what was the, the peak of your day, the best part of your day? And then what was the valley? What, what, how did you fail? And what did you learn from it? And I forced them to tell me, I mean, six, my six year old's really the only one that understands the three year old, you know, peanut butter and gum yeah. drops is really what he's, uh, but it's, it's getting them in that becoming familiar with this concept we're talking about, which is mandatory failure. And like you said, I mean, I love that, you know, and I do this, I have a similar way, but I, you know, you write things down. I'm, I'm a crazy note taker. So when I see something in life that happens and I go, okay, this has now happened several times and I keep making the same mistake. I need to not do this again. So I'll write it down and I'll add it to my habits list and it'll become one of my habits that I'm now working on. And I have routine habits and non-routine habits that I work on. Um, so it sounds like we, we've got a similar, yeah, go ahead. But, yeah, very, very aligned. Well, one thing that you may like is um, I'm, I'm a big core values nerd, like vision, mission, values nerd. So we also have like our family core values. And one of them is Hensels don't complain, Hensels find solutions, right? And so I tell this, my daughter, every time when she complains, she's eight right now, I tell her this, you know, and it has like a really big impact on, on her. And she also throws it back at me whenever I complain. She's like, dad, you know, Hensels don't complain, Hensels find solutions. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, you're right, honey. That's a great uh, one. I, I, you know what? I, I haven't done enough of that. Uh, I've tried that a little bit and it hasn't caught on. I'm writing that down right now. I, I like that phrase. Because it, kids, it's in their DNA to complain, right? It's just you can't, you can't stop it. But if they start to get into their mind and if they get to the habit at some certain point, like, oh, I'm starting to complain, and then they catch themselves and they figure out how can I solve Never this heard. on my own? Holy cow. And, and solve it on their own without you having to, you know, breastfeed them <laughs> for like a better term. Hand, you know, do it. Because when you do it, I mean, it's in our, it's also in our DNA. I feel like as, as parents, we want to nurture and coddle our kids and we want to do things for them, but that's the exact opposite that we, we should be doing. Yes. Cause it's, it's, do you, it's, do, do you yeah. want strong kids or protected kids? Right. It's kind of like make, make the, make the choice. Uh, and, and another thing on, um, you use the word try a lot with your kids. And I think the way you're using it is, is great to kind of get them to this mindset, but I'm on a mission to remove the word try from any vocabulary, because I think, you know, trying is the most inefficient way not to do something. This is how most people use it. Oh, try to lose weight or try to quit smoking. Yeah. Like try this, try that. 
you know so i'm like because then tr trying is coming from a state of fear and one of my, my my main mantra is make decisions out of love and not fear you know I have like these, these stickers here love not fear and i have like uh i just bought the domain lovenotfear.org and um, i'm really big on this because uh, and i want to share with you why is this so significant for me um i used to be very introverted and uh you know kind of being on a on a live like this i would have never done in a million years like i was even uncomfortable on conference calls so um, I, and I saw a friend of mine who was crushing it with networking at conferences and he was like, it was really good for business. And he's had a lot of fun doing this. And I said, okay, I want this as well. So I went to Toastmasters twice a week and I went yep. to two net networking events per week, just like exposure therapy and also kind of having this habit of like kind of really hammering this until I overcame this shyness. But the real switch in my head was when my yoga teacher said, every decision in life you make out of love or fear. Because these are the basic emotions why you do anything. And if you can get um, to the point that you always make it out of love, you know, you, you're, you'll, you'll be golden. So, for example, in public speaking, you know, if, I, if I'm full of fear, I think like, oh, do they think I have a weird job and accent? Do they think what I'm saying is stupid? Do they think I look weird? And then I can't give a presentation, right? But if I do this out of love, because what I share, can share, it can help them in their life and their business, I can roll, you know, I can give a great presentation. Yeah. Or in sales, I used to hate sales with a passion, but if I sell you something, it's like, hey, buy, buy this product, because I think it's going to really have a positive impact in your life, then I can even be pushy and say like, you know, hey dude, like freaking buy this, it's going to be great. Versus if I just do this because I, out of fear, I have to pay my mortgage, I have to hit my numbers, I can't sell for the life of me, and you also feel where this is coming from. You know, so I could go go on and on about this, but yeah, this is like my main. Uh, yeah. Yes, I love it. I love it, and and you know, I I I take that a step further back, and so everything we're kind of talking about, which is um, you know, uh, attack failure as mandatory and something that is not not a bad thing, but a good thing, and what did you learn from it and fail forward, as well as facing your fears head on and embracing them, however you want to say it. Um, I actually classify it as two types of people. I call them growth owners versus fixed victims. And again, it goes back to some of the stuff I learned from Carol Dweck's mindset book, along with a bunch of other books. That fixed victim is that person who says, my brain is the way it is, the way I look, the way I'm built. Uh, I can't change it. There's nothing I can really do. Uh, I'm sort of, this is who I am. And I'm sort of destined to live this type of life and you put yourself in this box. And when you fail, you feel really bad about it because it means that you're a failure. And, you know, you, you just essentially kind of go through life just avoiding things because you're, you're so afraid to fail. And then you never get anything done. Like you said at the beginning of this talk, growth is happiness. And I, I couldn't agree more. I always use the term, the ABG, always be growing. Like to me, that's, I mean, if I had to say one, one word that would describe happiness or one phrase, it would be ABG. Like just as long as you're growing, but make sure you're growing in the right areas. Like you said, the core values are important. <laughs> yeah. we, I have my five core values. You've got your system. Love, love, not fear was one. I kind of, another tangent. Another yeah. That, that, that I love is, tangent. Uh, yeah. I went on a tangent. Um, so just I, I go. Go on another, another tangent because I think it's really good. In terms of growing, yep. um, when I sold my last business, the guy who bought the business, he has this core value in all of his businesses, which is CBNO, challenging, but not overwhelming. Like whenever you want to grow, you want to be challenged, but not overwhelmed. This is like for yourself, like what kind of challenges you give yourself and also for your team, you know, like when you're in the gym and you have like a dumbbell that's like way too heavy to lift up, like you will not gain any muscle. If it's too light, then you'll also not gain any muscle. So you want to have something that's challenging. It's kind of hard, but not overwhelming. So I think that's also like a really good core value um, to, or like a way to live by when, when you want to grow to always 
challenge yourself, but not overwhelm yourself. Challenge your team, but don't overwhelm your team. Yeah, I, li I like that CBNO. Yeah, I have a couple of acronyms that I have in my habits. Um, one is I have, uh, so there's one called CORE, C-O-R, and it's, uh, I, I use it every single morning to keep me on track and focused and prioritized on the things that are going to actually move the needle versus getting caught up in all the millions of to-dos and distractions going on in our world. Um, and so, so I commit, C is for commit. I say, okay, this is what I want to get done today. And this is all based on, I have goals from, you know, long-term, midterm, short-term, um, broken down. And I say, okay, what do I want to commit to today? And then I say the O is for obstacles. What is the obstacle that could potentially stand in my way? You know, is it fear? Is it playing on my phone? Is it, you know, getting distracted by going down a rabbit hole of ADD and working on a document that doesn't really matter, which is something that I tend to do. Uh, and then the last one is R for reward, which is uh, basically how good is it going to feel if I actually accomplish that? And sometimes I'll even give myself an actual physical, like a real reward. Sometimes I just say, you know, the reward itself and getting it done just feels so good. As we all know, like when you say you're going to do something and you follow through, and even if you, you know, have to work a little bit harder and put in that extra time and you get it done, there's no better feeling. Right. And so it's just kind of a reminder. And, but, and then sometimes I'll say, okay, if I finish this by early, I'm going to go hit golf balls for an hour or something. Right. So it's, it's just helping you laser focus on the things that matter. And I do that every morning. And, the obstacles is, is an important part of that because we all have obstacles that get in the way of us doing things. And it's important that you identify yours. Yeah, my, then, my, yeah. key, my, my key habits um, are, are three. I have like a lot of habits, but like three are my key habits. One is sweat every day. I want to sweat every day because when I sweat in the morning, then I always feel good. You know, so I kind of releases that hormones or whatever in, in your blood and just like makes me feel good. And makes me when, for example, when I go on a run, I grind through lots of things in my head, kind of like sorting my head. So it's super, super important for me. The second one, I plan, I plan the day, like the day before, I plan the next day, figure out like what's the stuff that I really want to do. And sometimes I write like, is this a ten dollar an hour hunt or an hour, thousand dollar hour or ten thousand dollar an hour task? And I make sure I don't have any ten and hundreds that they all delegate to somebody else. And the last one is Eating the Frog, also a really good book um, uh, to just kind of, I circle the tasks that I really don't want to do, that I'm most likely going to procrastinate on. I do this one first because this gives me this energy boost because like, ah, yeah, I got it done versus like if it's sitting in the back of my mind, I'm like kind of taking away real estate and, and mental resources. So Eating um, the Frog, what does that refer to? I haven't, what's the analogy with eating the frog? So the, Basically, the, the frogs don't like, taste the, good, the, and so you're eating the frog No, 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 the, the, the analogy is like you, you eat the frog first thing in the morning because otherwise, and then this frog gives you energy. Otherwise, this frog kind of grows and grows and grows and like takes up more mental real estate. Like, like if, you, if you're a kid and you have to do homework, you start cleaning up your room or, you know, you're working on a document that's not really the right one, you know, just kind of pick yeah, the thing yeah. that really makes an impact. And often the things that we have this fear of doing it or like that we tend to procrastinate because like, eh, it's often the most important thing. Yeah. So yeah, th th I guess that's, that's the point. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, and that's, that, that's huge because again, it go, it's in our, it's in who we are as humans, you know, you, who knows evolutionary wise, going back thousands of years, why procrastination became I think I, I understand most of the traits that we have as humans, like greed, like, you know, and what we started talking about on the beginning of this, like people just thinking that if they just have enough 
money or power or fame, or whatever, then they'll be happy. I get that because back, you know, thousands of years ago, it made sense to hoard and have as much stuff as possible just to survive. Like the more stuff you had and the more resources, the, the better the chance you weren't going to get eaten by a saber tooth tiger. Same with relationships, being close to people and, and having that need to be with people. Like the more we surrounded ourselves with people and had like a tribe and weren't out on our own, the less chances we were to get eaten or, you know, die, whatever. But right, the procrastination one, I don't know. Do you, do you have a, an idea on why we no, procrastinate? No, but, but no, procrastinating is being a dick to your future self, you know? So, so I'm always want to make sure like I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that at any cost. Is being a what to your future self? Being a dick or like being an asshole to your future self. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. I like that. Yeah, right. You're just kind of shooting yourself in the foot. But we do. We all do it. I mean, it's a, right. And, and there's always things. But I, you know, what you said, I want to kind of add to, which is for me, we all have different um, times of the day when we're product, more productive and super alert and like we're going to get shit done. Right. For me, it's it's very first thing in the morning for the first two, three hours I can crank. And then I know that I start to slow down and I, I have, I actually sometimes will take a nap. Like if I'm like so tired where I'm just basically like going through the motions and I can't, and I know I'm not focusing, I'll force myself to take a quick power nap. And then when I get up, that's when I'm super productive again. I have that luxury because I work from home. I know not everybody has that, but it's important that those times to do those things you're talking about when, and whatever that is for you. And I'm also at night, I'm a night owl. So sometimes I'll start working at like, my wife goes to bed at like 8.30 PM and I'm the opposite. I'll go to bed at like midnight and I'll just start working at night and I'll crank out for two or three hours. So it's important that you recognize when yeah, you're most productive and do this. When you have energy and when not, for example, I, on Fridays, I usually, actually right now, I have no calls on Fridays, but I, um, on, on Thursdays, I have a lot of calls and not that much focus time because towards the end of the week, I'm kind of burned out. And so I just like, you know, do more like just being, being on calls versus kind of doing that deep thinking. Me work. too. Yeah. I'm a, I think most people are that way. I'm the same. I never, I never schedule myself to do really important stuff on Fridays. Uh, Mondays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays especially are like my crank days. So, yeah. Well, this has been great. I actually was going to, usually my last question is, you know, what habits have you developed that you, you know, are helping you every day? You actually just add, add, uh, I can, I can, like, it's one that can run through the rest of my habits. You know, it's, it's inbox zero, as I mentioned before, super yeah. important to keep track of this. Then it's, it sounds horrible, but I have Emma, which is my daughter, and you're that time. So I have like a check off if I have like, spent quality time that day uh, with my wife or my daughter. Cause oh, I'm, that's great. I'm a, I'm a one trick pony. I focus on work and I tend to forget that as bad as it sounds. But no, no sounds, listen, don't make excuses. Hold on, let me interrupt there because. Right. You just did something that's in our human nature is to like feel bad about the whole point is, but we all, we all tend to neglect these, these things. Right. And that's just norm that that's human nature. If you're not proactively scheduling in quality time and taking time to say, I, I need to have this time and knowing that you're going to get a check and a reward, then you're just not going to do it. So hats off to you. Don't feel bad about that. It's nothing bad. <laughs> Then uh, no food after 9 p.m. Because I know if I eat after 9 p.m., I get an energy boost, and then I will not go to bed until 2 a.m. And then my morning routine suffers. Um, then like a, a graduate visualization routine that I have. And then the Maui habit from Tiny Habits. And in the morning, I get up and say, well, today's going to be an amazing day, which sounds silly and stupid, but it, it works and makes a difference, for, at least for me. And then I track when I'm getting up. So I always want to get up between 5 and 6.30, the very latest. Um, so yeah, to kind of keep, keep, have to 
this. Um, you know, what you measure will improve business one-on-one is, is also in, in the habit. So, yeah. I love it. Those are great habits. And wow. Yeah. So you, those are all, those are the main ones you're working on now, or those are all your habits that you just constantly these, these, have. These, these are all my habits. We have like other, lots of habits and routines, but these are the ones that I'm tracking, you know, in my habit tracker. Currently in your habit tracker. So did you create your own habit tracker or do you, are you using, yes, uh, yes. No, it's, it's part of UpCoach. Actually, initially, I built a group habit tracker. So I want this positive peer pressure that when you're in a cohort together, that's like five people, and we want to stick to our habits, and I can see it will do his, this habits or not, and then I can like hit you up and say, like, hey, oh, accountability part. Yes, positive peer pressure. And then this was the first part that we built, and then we added like lots of different accountability tools and like courses and blah, and then this ended up being upcoach.com, which is um, you know, one of my businesses. And I, I partnered up with Todd Herman. He wrote The Alter Ego Effect, also really good book, by the way. Um, and yeah, he's my business partner in, in this. The Alter Ego Effect. I'm going to check that out. Do you have time to chat actually offline for like five minutes? I want to talk to you about something. Not yeah, sure. You just sparked my. Okay, I'm going to shoot you. Let me make sure I have your email. David uh, at pencil.com. Yeah, got it. I'm going to shoot you a quick email with the Zoom link. Let's hop on. Uh, it's unrelated to this stuff. Thank you so much, David, for being on. This was a wealth of knowledge. I hope everybody paid attention, took notes. Uh, you can always rewind when you're listening to it on the podcast and go back. There's a lot of nuggets in here. And if you want to find David and learn about his system and get help, David at Hensel.com, correct? Yep, correct. Awesome. All right, man. I'll hit you up. Great chat, man. Thank, Thank you. you. That's it for the five core life. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that like button on this video and pound that subscribe button so you get notified when new episodes drop. Also, please fill out the free five core life evaluator quiz. It's a great way to get a baseline of where you are and the five cores and which of the five cores you need support. In addition, you'll get some actionable advice that you can apply and start improving your life in the areas that you need it most. That's it for today's episode of the five core life podcast. Have a wonderful day. Get moving. Gain momentum. Join the movement. Join Emmett by going to moremomentum.com to take a free life evaluator quiz on where you currently stand in each of your five courses.